Time for the morning brief where we dig into the day's big stories with one of our heavy hitters. Deb Hutton is here, former senior advisor to two Ontario premiers. Good morning, Deb. Good morning, John. And I guess if we can be self-congratulatory, you were on for three hours yesterday with Mark Tuohy on the Jerry Agar show. And uh, we're very, very excited to have raised more than $200,000 for the hospital for sick kids. Yeah, I mean, but what an emotional day, John. I don't mm-hmm. think I made it through a single segment of the show without some tears. It was uh, really uh, amazing to have some of these kiddos and their, their parents into the studio. It just, it, um, it really, it, it makes you feel horrible and just so grateful and wonderful all at the same time. So yeah, I'm really, really glad to have been part of it. Well, and I was really, really happy to uh, have that conversation with you and Miller and uh, be able to share your own personal experience. And she's an extraordinary young lady. Yeah, and she was so excited again for her yeah. participation in it. Yeah, she just, oh, you good. know, she I'm did always the afraid fun- I terrify children. Oh, no, 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 not at all. That's my job. <laughs> Right, as a mother. Okay, so listen, let's dig into some of the day's big stories. One of them would be uh, Star Exclusive, that apparently, according to documents, the Bradford Bypass is supposed to be four lanes, but the government is already plotting eight. That's a pretty major thoroughfare through that area of land. So if a government didn't contemplate that a road could be bigger in this day and age, wouldn't that be irresponsible? I mean, I just, I don't understand this. Uh, this is, in my view, all about uh, the the transportation form of nimbyism. <laughs> so I, like, I just, I don't understand very logically why we don't have a uh, road that goes east to west between the 400 and the 404 further north than the 407. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get it. It makes perfect sense to me. And I don't know why you would buy up land and do plans for a four lane when you know it's already going to be crowded and not propose a widening of that at some future point. Okay. You see, I I sort of reflect on the bypass the way I reflect on the island airport, which is I like it the way it is. And so I recognize if I don't think it's an either or debate. When I look at the bypass, I see the case study for it. I still don't get the 413. But the bypass being eight lanes, it strikes me as kind of extreme. Well, then let's quit having more people move into the GTA. Like, I don't know how you do that without building highways. Well, that's the whole point. It actually is, John. We have people coming just from Barrie alone. Forget anywhere else east or west of it. People coming from Barrie. They don't all work at the 400 and the 401. Many of them work on the east end of the GTA. Some work on the west end of the GTA. I mean, we are building a big city. Think think about New York. Think about the the transit and transportation hubs in, in say, the Hudson Valley and those areas north of uh, and, and uh, uh, west of, of Manhattan. I mean, we have to, if we are going to continue as we should, to attract people and businesses to the greater Toronto, Hamilton, area we need to build the transportation and the transit networks to accommodate that Uh, meanwhile more evidence that nothing good ever comes of social media uh justin trudeau and i saw this online yesterday i thought what the heck is he up to he invited people to ask him any question they wanted to ask uh there were more six more than six thousand replies just an hour later including one that read why are you uh other people wanted to know about dog pants and mermaid sex um so is this clever marketing or is this sort of justin trudeau walking into the usual Bodie McBoat face trap. 
So we're talking about it as what I call a process story. We're not talking about a bad answer he gave, nor are we talking about a message he drove. We're talking simply about the tactic that he and his team used. So I, I don't think it's a big deal one way or another, except what it tells me is that they're test driving some stuff for the election. Mm -hmm. So I actually see it strictly as a, a hint that, that they are way more in election mode than we might have thought. Well, and it's kind of interesting because I was reading a column today based on a speech that Justin Trudeau gave earlier in the week, and it just seems like he does have the fire in his belly. I know that Thomas Mulcair and others thought he was about to take a walk in the snow, but I get the feeling he's here to stay. I, I think so, and this is just another proof point for me. So federal workers being told to get back to the workplace, and if we can distill out the general disdain that people have for anybody who works for the government, which I think is somewhat unfortunate. Um, I still come back to the idea that if you have been able to do your job from home, then I don't see the need to be in the workplace. And I think there's almost a fetish now about everybody back to the workplace. Let's go. Yeah. So uh, the impetus behind I find this a fascinating story because I just whether we work from home part time, full time or not at all has such implications for our, our commercial footprint for yeah. how people view housing if you need to work from home our transit systems i mean all the things we were talking about on the on the bradford bypass so as a as a topic generically i just find it fascinating because where we will be in the next five years i think looks very different than where we were five years ago from that perspective However, the government said they want consistency, and yet their their uh, policy is two or three days. I mean, pick a number, first of all, if you're going to do this, make it consistent. Secondly, I have a real problem, and maybe it's my age, maybe it's my political perspective, but I have a real problem with employees saying to employers of any ilk, public or private sector, no, this is how we want to work. You don't get to tell us. I mean, the, the head of PSAC, the Public Service Alliance, said, and I'm going to quote John, this is an egregious violation of workers' rights. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Since when does an employer not get to say, hey, we want you to come back into the office for the following reasons. Thanks very much. See you on Monday. I, I just, I can't believe this. And again, maybe it's generational, but the notion that we are now going to tell people we work for who pay our salaries taxpayers or private sector, as I said, that we want to work this way and you don't get to tell us is just beyond anything for me. Although I think that employers need to be more nimble now. I mean, a perfect example, my sister worked for the government and when they ordered her back to the office, she retired. Which is fine. That's her choice. Completely her choice. And again, I'm not saying we have to be five days a week. My point is, if your employer deems that to be appropriate, in this case, three days a week, maybe two, why do I get to say no thank you? If I say no thank you, then I need to do what your sister does, which is to quit your job. She's having a good time walking the dog. Thanks, Deb. <laughs> have a great weekend, John. That is Deb Hutton on The Morning Brief. Wonderful to have her.